Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the True Sweet High podcast. I'm really excited that I was able to work this out, but I have a Tara Malel from Sydney, Australia at the moment. And it's funny because when, you know, when I set up the time for you guys to, to schedule a recording, we just, it was like, wait a minute, I'm on a different time zone. I'm in, my day is the next day and yours. So I, I'm glad that we were able to work it out. But Tara, uh, she's a, actually a business and leadership coach. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about how she built a business, but also experienced burnout because she did this all mm -hmm. while having children in the middle of all of this. So Tara, mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on here. And thank you for sharing your story because I know a lot of us can relate to burn out, yeah. being a mom, being a wife, just how do we do it? So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm in your future right now. Yeah. So <laughs> could work out a time. So tell us you, okay, you, we were talking a little bit about how you moved to Sydney and then you moved somewhere else and decided to build a business. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I had a business, um, you know, like most of us, I was told to go to high school, work really hard, do really well in high school, so then you can get into university or college in your case. And so I did all of that. And then I was at university for four years, once again, studying, working really hard, getting good grades. And then I came out and it turns out there was no jobs. <laughs> like, turns out I was one of the most unemployable people <laughs> on the planet. So that was really helpful. So that's, that's really how I started my very first business. Um, and so I got into business then straight out of university and was making it up um, as I went along, as I know most of us do. <laughs> and because of that, I mean, I built up this business. It worked out really well, um, which I think a lot of it is a um, little bit of luck and divine timing. Um, and then the other part was just a lot of hard work. And I, I didn't have children at this stage. So I could work 24-7. Like, really. I could work 24-7, so I did. And that's where the burnout came because I was just spinning my wheels over and over and over again. And I got to a point where it's like, I, I hit my glass ceiling. You know, I was working as hard as I could, as much as I could, but I couldn't break through. And so burnout happens when we're working and pushing ourselves so hard, but we're not feeling any rewards or any results for that hard work. And we get really despondent. And I, again, you know, I burnt out physically, mentally, emotionally, and my deep-rooted passion for what I was doing for my business, that burnt up as well. And so I went into this whole big, um, you know, I sold my business and I, because I was so connected and intertwined with my business, I had a massive identity crisis. Like if I'm not this, then what am I? Who am I? What's my purpose? What am I doing? What is the point? You know, I worked yeah. so hard and I felt like I had nothing to show for it. So I had, um, I was living in Sydney, Australia at the time. I was living right on Sydney Harbour. If any of you have been there, you know how beautiful it is. Mm. You know, I had the successful business. I had the gorgeous boyfriend. You know, I had, I ticked all the boxes of what someone successful has or what we should want. Yeah. And I couldn't be more miserable, mm. right? I, realized that none of it was me and I didn't I didn't want 
any of it. This is not what I wanted my life to look like. And I knew I had more to explore, to uncover, but I, I didn't know where to start, what that looked like. So again, I sold my business. I ended up um, splitting up with my partner. We'd been together for six years and I sold everything I owned, including my beautiful car, which I was in love with. Uh, wow. Sold that, everything I owned, whatever I could fit in a suitcase, that's what I kept. And I um, hopped on a plane and went overseas. And I actually went, my first stop, and it ended up being my only stop, um, was Tanzania in East Africa. Oh. So I actually booked a flight, I, you know, through a series of coincidences, I guess, or, or um, you know, pleasant connections. I ended up connecting with a woman whose sister was running a volunteer organization over in Tanzania. So I went, yep, that sounds great. Like this, I didn't even know this woman. We just started talking and she was like, hey, my sister lives there. You should connect with her. I went, yes, okay. Like that's totally normal, right? <laughs> I didn't think about it. I went, okay. And it wasn't, I'll tell you this, it was my geography sucks. Um, so it wasn't until I got to the airport that I went, oh, maybe I should look up where Tanzania is. So I Googled where Tanzania, I didn't even know where I was going. Like physically, I couldn't even picture it in the world. How pathetic. I just, I just got on a plane. So and that was really, in, boom. And so I say to people like, that's one way to deal with burnout. It's not my first or go-to remedy, right? <laughs> but, you know, it was from doing that, that really my uh, personal development sort of came about. And I started to become more aware of myself and my, I guess, my little triggers, my quirks, my, um, again, my passions, my skills, because a lot of that, like while running my business, the focus was on the business, not on developing me as a person. Um, like I said, I became so entwined. The business was me. I was the business. And so, yeah, when one, when I burnt out, then really the business burnt out. So it was, it, it was really an all encompassing sort of um, cave in is what I sort of picture it. I didn't explode, but everything sort of crumbled in on itself. Mm. And, um, and I just needed to do something different. And what that was, I didn't know at the time. And so I probably took it to the extreme as I tend to do. And I <laughs> sold everything and went overseas. But again, it was the best, the best thing that I could have ever done. For me, again, I, I want to reinforce, this is not my recommendation that I make to people. But for me, it was really awesome because going, I think traveling anyway gives you so much perspective and it introduces you to different um, ways of being different lives different um, life expectations different standards um, and it really took me out of myself like out of my own um, junk like my own drama in my own head and it really showed me oh wow this is you know this is a different way of life and they different values on things and what I will say and what kept me in Tanzania for over a year was just the the value people placed on each other and their connection to each other so that really resonated with me and it's something that um, I don't know about you know where you are right now but 
I know particularly in, in Australia, but Sydney, Australia, I mean, there's so many people and we couldn't be more disconnected from each other. And we're reporting this during a pandemic where we're talking about social distancing and isolation. And I kind of think we were already there. Like we were already disconnected. Um, so that's, that's what, I mean, I went over to the, to this beautiful country for um, terrible reasons, but I stayed because, you know, because of the connection that I'd never, ever felt before. It was really incredible. That, that's amazing. I actually, how, so how long did you stay and how old were you when you, when you did this? So I had, um, I was about 27 when I sold my business. I was, I had my 28th birthday just before I left and I um, went over there. So that this, we're talking, that was in 2000 and the end of 2012. And I stayed there for 2013. And the only reason I actually came back to Australia, I had no intention of ever coming back to Australia ever i was done <laughs> once again quite traumatic but i was done i was never coming back and the only reason i did come back is because i fell pregnant <laughs> once again this is not the solution to burnout but it has happened to work out quite well for me <laughs> well congratulations on that <laughs> thank you <laughs> I, you know, I was talking to someone earlier today uh, for another episode, and he was telling me how after his time in the army, he decided to travel, and he was only going to go for a year, but he ended up going for three to all different places. But he said it was like one of the best decisions. He didn't. Mm -hmm. He just needed to re, re to find himself again and figure out yes. what he wanted to do. And mm -hmm. I was telling him about my son. I was actually talking to my son yesterday, or no, this morning. And he's he's 17, and he decided that he wants to travel too. And as a mom, I'm like terrified. But I understand yeah. that sometimes kids need to just go and just find their passion. Mm -hmm. and, and I think mm -hmm. now that I'm, you know, I'm a parent, and I've tried to figure out my own passion, I get it totally get yes. it because we yes. go we do we burn out we burn out and we don't like it and you know it's like a lot of people tend to settle because that's all they know you need yes. to go out and explore and find it and i think that's the only way to find it is to step outside your comfort zone you went mm -hmm. somewhere you had no idea where you were going <laughs> <laughs> but you <laughs> no context I did, I did not know what I was stepping into. And look, while that, that it was beautiful, but don't get me wrong, it was, it was challenging. It was super challenging at the same time. I mean, you know, um, it, we, they work on African time. That's a real thing. And African time is not the opposite to Western time because then at least you'd have like a basis to start from. It's, it's like this whole new thing. It's like anything you knew about being efficient and the passing of time is just get rid of it now it's there's no place for it yeah <laughs> and, and it made me realize like oh wow i've really got like a bit of a control thing going on like i, I honestly did not realize that i was a little bit of a control freak some may say 
And it was really highlighted here. I was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff I, I've got to work through. But it, what I found interesting was that, and this is where, like you said, I think travel is so important. We develop all these rules and, and there's rules imposed on us by our families, by the society we're surrounded by, by our culture, by our gender, and, and rules that we then accept and, and apply to ourselves. And it's, it's all man-made. Like none of it is real, none of it has to stick. But when you're in it, it's sometimes really hard to see. And I, I think, yeah, it's a feeling first. It's just that feeling of discomfort, that feeling like that, that itch that you can't scratch. And you go, what, what is this? I don't know what this is. Is this all there is? I mean, is this where I'm supposed to be? Where am I going? What am I doing? What doesn't fit right? Everyone else seems really happy being this way or wanting these things, but I don't want that. What's wrong with me? So we, we come to this conclusion that something could be wrong with us. So just shut up and go with it, right? Just keep pushing through. But then suddenly you travel. And for other people, like you said, it's out of your comfort zone. So it may not be travel. It may be anything that, that kind of scares you a little bit, pushes you out of that comfort zone. But for me, it was always travel. So I've always, always, always traveled as much as I can, as far as I can, um, because of that perspective shift. Like I said, it takes me out of my own head, out of my own junk, and makes me go, oh, there's this other way of being. Like, what do I like about it? What do I not like about it? And what does it highlight in me that I really need to let go of because it's not me? I mean, needless to say, I've brought that African time back here. I mean, you saw my partner walk back before. So us and our children are permanently late and are always really last minute organizers. It's like, it'll work out in the end. So That's how I am. Did I adopt that? trying to work out our wedding like we had our wedding plan and then suddenly lockdown happened so that oh. didn't happen but it was a blessing because after we we said oh we'll just have to postpone the wedding there was all these things that we went oh wait did we organize this did you talk to this person about this did we have this lined up like we didn't even have wedding rings we had <laughs> that so i was like it'll come <laughs> <laughs> before the wedding I went mm, it's probably not such a bad thing we had to postpone turns out we weren't organized for it at all so <laughs> <laughs> it's strange how things work out right like we we panicked mm. but yet we've actually learned to live a different way it's yeah. insane we've been always like well I, I'm in uh, the Virginia DC area and everything mm. is so it's mm. rush rush and i think this just made us calm down yeah <laughs> like too as well which is i think the panic and the resistance right because it's not like we as a global society went yes i think we need to calm down yeah not no. no one said that no one agreed to that no one signed up for this but you're right like so we're forced to slow down and we do we ease into it sure it's been a couple of weeks a couple of months and it's been tough and, and there is a lot of bad stuff going on. But I think overall, again, as a global society, it's like that 
we've just released a valve somewhere to go, oh, let out all the steam, all the pressure, everything that was building up. And if it didn't come out in this way, it was going to come out some way, right? right? That was functional. So yeah, we've just released that valve. I mean, I have to say, I haven't been more social than when in isolation. <laughs> Connecting with so many more people um, in genuine ways, because people are genuinely online now to search for real connections. So it's been, in that respect, it's been fantastic for my social life. I don't have to worry about getting a babysitter. <laughs> I don't even have to worry about putting pants on. I mean, <laughs> you're so right. You could just get up and continue to work in what you're wearing to bed. No yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, so easy. I think one of the things I forget to do is I forget to eat because you get so involved in, in what you're doing on the computer or even if you're watching mm. TV, you forget little things. But yeah, it's just been so crazy. So you came back after a year and mm. you decided to build another business. Mm. So what I noticed, okay, while I was over there, I started working with, um, and what allowed me to stay there, I started working with a number of different not-for-profit and non-government organizations um, that have been set up over there. Um, some, there's a lot of organizations over there, um, say, Send Money, we're supporting people over there. There's a lot that are just rubbish, right? Um, it, it's like any industry anywhere in the world. But these ones that I found were doing something that was really revolutionary. One was a daycare. And over in Tanzania, at that time, daycares weren't a thing. It was orphanages. Like if you couldn't look, they'd go into an orphanage, right? And that was just the done thing. Rather than his, so this place was setting up, it's called Walk in Love, um, setting up a daycare um, so women could go off and work and their children would not only be looked after, but would be fed their nutrition and their um, diet and their physical health was looked after. They were educated. They were played with, you know, it was amazing. And for us, we're like, duh, but right. I don't know. I, I would not be here without my daycare, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to daycare. I couldn't do any of this. And so it was revolutionary. So that was one. And then the other one was a um, youth mental health mobile service that went around to different orphanages to check in on the mental health and well-being of not only the children, but the carers as well. So I started working with these organizations. And what was really interesting was, you know, again, I totally devalued everything that I had learned from running my first business. I, I was like, I don't know business. I didn't know what I was doing, blah, 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 blah. Um, but then I came to meet these two passionate women who had started these organizations. And I recognized that they were heading down the path of burnout too. Do you need to promote your business? Then podcast sponsorship is a great way to do just that. Podcast sponsorship is a great way to connect with new customers, a new audience, a new range of people who don't know about you. It is also an easy way to increase traffic to all of your social media and your website. If you need to promote your business and would like to be a sponsor of the Truths We Hide podcast, then let's connect. 
head on over to a wild ride called and click on the sponsorship tab. Um, but they were heading down that burnout path. You know, they, the way they had structured these organizations, again, they'd done it in the best way they knew how. Um, and so I recognized a lot of myself in them. And it was amazing that I was able to bring, and I really surprised myself as well, all of my knowledge, all of my learnings from my past experience to say, hey, here's how we could do it better, right? Here's how we can restructure. Here's how we can market in really effective ways so you can get the funding you need. So you don't have to be at the center of it. You need to be more mobile. And so by working with them, again, I just stumbled across this. Like I stumbled across Tanzania, I stumbled across this too. And so working with them, I saw just a, you know a few small changes made the world a difference. So then fast forward again, I fell pregnant. I came back to Australia because I have to say we have amazing free healthcare, like amazing. Wow. So absolutely amazing. So there was no way in hell I was giving birth in a third world country, they still have a high infant mortality rate. It was like, mm, let me think. I've got the luxury. I've got the luxury to do it, so let's do it. Um, th then a few years had passed, so I had two children within 18 months. Again, I don't recommend that. Um, it's not my first suggestion, but anyway, I had two children in 18 months. And my partner was able, and then we had some visa issues and all of that fun stuff. Anyway, my partner finally was able to come out um, and live with us. And I found myself with having, you know, the birth of my children, again, this identity crisis came up again. It was that, who am I? Who am I? I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm just so tired. And I recognized once again, the effects of burnout because I'm running around doing all this stuff and their demands don't ever stop. It's like, again, in a business, your to-do list never stops. The business never stops demanding of you. Your children never stop demanding of you. That's just how it is. It won't stop ever. Um, so it really made me realize I've got to work a different way. Like I, again, I can't change you know, the demands of my children. I can't change the demands of my clients or, or the demands of a business to get it off the ground and to get it um, growing and moving and shaking and doing all the things that I want. But what I can do is change the way I approach it. And, you know, on one hand, we're talking about um, time management, but it's deeper than that. It's really more about how I look at myself and who I am, what is at the core of me and moving from that space right? And operating in that way and recognizing, okay, I'm feeling myself getting overwhelmed, getting stressed. I'm feeling that tension from my business spill out into my family and vice versa. So what do I need to do to, to manage this, to diffuse this situation? Um, because I don't want to go down that burnout road. You know, my mission and what I'm doing now with um, Business Mastery Tribe is, again, helping those passionate business owners to once again avoid burnout and actually grow their business. So they're not just spinning their wheels, doing, 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 and nothing's happening. It is about real growth and real progress. Um, because I always believe that our vision and our mission as business owners is too important, right? To be drowned out and burnt up, right? It is too important. So we have to look at 
being more effective. And that's definitely never by doing more, right? That never works. So, you know, because of everything that I've been through, that I was able to start applying these um, principles and these frameworks again to help other business owners. But it, you know, I like I say that now. This is all on reflection. Like it was that easy. <laughs> it absolutely wasn't. Right? It absolutely wasn't. And I know authenticity is a big thing that everyone talks about. Be authentic in your business. I mean, I tell you what. When when my son was, you know. 18 to 20 months my little girl was one to two months old i mean i'm not showing anyone my authentic self right? <laughs> I was covered in baby vomit i hadn't showered in days <laughs> like, I, I my tracksuit pants were inside out and backwards i'm not i i don't think anyone needs to see that authenticity right now <laughs> you know so Takes, it takes time and it's it's a journey, but to really honor how we move through that journey. And again, like what we're experiencing now, how you like there's nothing we can do. There's a pandemic. There just is. There's literally nothing we can do to stop it, to change it. So if, you know, that's all external. So what how can we manage ourselves? How could we show up in this experience? to help us as individuals navigate and move through this in a way that really fuels us and makes us feel good rather than, you know, trying to fight what is really. Right. So you talked about, obviously it wasn't easy, but how did you keep the motivation to keep doing it, especially after burnout, not once, but twice? Cause most people yeah. would be like, I'm just done. I can't do yes. it. Yeah. Oh, look, I mean, again, I won't lie. There was, there's been a few times where I've been curled up in the fetal position, just rocking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's been heaps of tears, like heaps. And that's, that's okay. I think anytime I, I, I break down or I lose the plot, I, you know, this is hopeless. It's not working and nothing's going to work out. Then again, that's a good sign to go, all right, you need to step away. Like just, call it a day, walk, you know, there's nothing that urgent that needs to be done. Again, even with clients asking, it's like, I just got to walk away because I'm not going to serve anyone, like anyone in my life if I'm feeling like this, right? Yeah. If I'm beating myself up or whatever. It's not about stopping that, but it's about, again, allowing what is go, right, I'm in a really bad headspace. Let's just remove myself from from here and, and do something else or regroup, refocus. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's having a whole bunch of different tools and, and tactics that I use. It's about, again, recognizing when it's coming up. I think for a lot of people, they go, I just want to stamp it out. Let's stamp out those negative um, voices. Let's stamp out the fear. Let's stamp out the anxiety. Um, and you go, no, because again, that is then denying part of your authentic experience so the more we try to fight what is and i have to say i learned this in tanzania because again i was always trying to fight what is there was a lot of injustice that i saw there was a lot of like poor health there was a lot of uh again beauty but there was a lot of junk that i saw that you know really fired me up and i was like that's not there that's not how it should be this is how it should be and I, I always catch myself saying should and that's when I know I'm not in a good space mm. 
nothing should be any way. It, it is how it is. So it's about, okay, how can I operate? No, accepting that, okay, what is around me? Yes, I can change it, but I can't change it by butting heads with it, by forcing it to change, right? So it's about, again, can't change or, or do anything really about the external, but what I can do is look at myself. How do I shift, mold, adapt, pivot, you know, innovate, whatever that may be within myself, and that's going to then change how I show up, how I react, how I perceive the situation. Then we can go about changing it or, or keeping it the same, whatever it may be. So that was, I mean, it's a lesson. And once again, I say this stuff as if it's just that easy. It's not. <laughs> it's terrible. It feels uncomfortable. It feels um, scary, right? It feels frustrating. And, and again, allow yourself to feel that. Like if you're feeling that, you go, yep, okay, I'm feeling it. Yeah. No point in pushing it down or changing it. Go, okay, just allow that to come out. Cool. Now let's go back and try again. Yes. No, absolutely. I love that you say that because it is, it is so important to be able to walk away, get all those feelings out, and then just come back and try again. So many people are like, no, I got to keep going. I got to keep going or I'm going to fail. Well, mm -hmm. I think you're going to get, you're not going to get the results you want if you continue to do that. Cause then you're going to just, you, you are going to have that breakdown and not be able to function. That's so it. Yeah. Like you're definitely going to fail if you keep pushing through. Yeah. they done that. <laughs> <laughs> fail. But I think it's part of like, again, you know, coming back to our, our culture, our society, the expectations, the standards, the role models that we've had. So all of that plays into what we perceive. And I mean, we spend most of our lives at work, like majority of our lives, the big bulk of our week is at work. So, I mean, why do we keep fighting that? Why do we keep um, punishing ourselves? Yeah. Like, it's just not worth it. It really is not worth it. You're right. We are, we are so hard on ourselves. We, we never cut ourselves a break, but we do it for other people. Absolutely. We always put everybody else first and then we forget our, about ourselves. It's like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. How, I mean, and then how can you be there or continue to be there for others if you're not taken care of. So, so you mentioned motivation before, how do I stay motivated? Mm -hmm. It's because, like I said, I know that my message and my work that I do is too important. Like there are too many people that need this, that need my specific help, that need my specific solution, that need to hear my story and my message. So if I'm not in a good space, then I'm denying them that opportunity right? To be their best selves. So I have to look after myself and there's, there's nothing selfish about that. Mm. Same with my children. If I want them to be happy and healthy, like yelling at them, going, be happy. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. And they're looking at it and going, hang on, you know, right. just, that sounds stupid, right? <laughs> Do you think that you would have been at do you think you would be at the place you are now if you would not have gone to Tanzania? Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. I, I mean, this is like another little tangent. I was told um, from when I was 16 
um, that I couldn't have children. Oh my Like, you would never be able to have children. I've got polycystic um, ovaries. And so they said, flat, you wouldn't have children. Um, And then I revisited that when I was 25. And they said, you won't have children without medical intervention. So still highly unlikely. And so for, for the bulk of my life, I was like, you know, you tell a 16 year old, you can't get pregnant. It was like, cool. (laughs) I'm sorry. Where's the bad news in this? Right. (laughs) So I literally grew up with that was one of the rules, one of the rules that had been placed on me that I then reinforced to myself, I can't have children full stop end of story and that was fine and like I said the partner that I had um before I went to Tanzania he was fine with that he didn't want kids so we were like this is this works out perfectly no one was upset by it it was totally fine and then I went over there I met the most beautiful man and I did say to him I was like look I've got to tell you I can't have children and I know families are important and he already had a daughter from a previous relationship so it was like it's it's fine so I was like Cool. Eight months later, I was like, hmm, you know how I said that thing? Um, (laughs) Turns out. So literally, if I had not gone to Tanzania, I would not have my family, full stop. I would family. But then I would also not be on this path. I don't know where I would have been. Yeah. I think what I'm doing now, there was my first business, which was dance education. So quite different but the core of what I do has always been the same in any engagement any interaction the core of it my why my purpose has always been the same but then having going through burnout twice having my children and having my family constantly around again that's where that motivation comes from you're like no again I have to do this there is no other option. I have to do this. I don't have the luxury of like traveling, you know, wandering the earth and traveling over and aimlessly to find myself. No, this has to work out. And again, the, the core of what I do, my message, my mission is way too important to, to just throw away or to allow burnout to take me over again. So yeah, absolutely. I would not be here if I had not gone through those series of experiences. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. And, mm. and you still look so, so, so young. So I, it, <laughs> thank you. It's these Zoom filters are doing great. <laughs> it's at eight in the morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I think, I mean, this is amazing to, to hear this story because even through everything that you've gone through, you still are waking up each day and you're like, no, I, I, there's stuff I have to do. And Mm. to be given the opportunity to go to, to Tanzania and see that, I think, you know, I really think that for those of us who are able to, I really think we need to experience stuff like that to appreciate Mm. the little things that we have. Cause I I know for Mm. me, I, you know, there's, there's days where I take things for granted and then yeah. there's days where I'm like, you know what? I'm so lucky to have what I have because there's other, and my mom always told me, you need to eat all your food because there's kids in China who don't get it. And so I grew up thinking, yes. oh my gosh. So, 
So that's what we do, you know, with our own kids. We, we like to donate a lot because we, we, we are not able to go to another country to see that and give yeah. them. But I, I think it's, it's amazing. And, and obviously the world needs more people like you because, I mean, you've, well, you're you. on the path that you're meant to be on. And it's such a blessing. So, mm. wow. So people can find you at taramolel.com. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I will put that in the show notes. Um, so. I will, and then any other links you want to send me, so you can we can share it with our with our listeners. But um, I, I'm. Is there anything else you would like to to tell? The no. Listeners? Those were those big turning points. That, you know, I just I really appreciate your kind words. That's that's really lovely because I know sometimes we don't we don't feel like glamorous we don't feel successful we don't but again it's it's never about necessarily us it's about who we're being for those people around us and for other people they can easily look at at my life or your life and go wow like i wish i had that mm -hmm. and there's fake about it but again it's stepping out going oh wow I, I need to be grateful for where i am what i'm doing what i do have even what i don't have you know being grateful for all of that um, because yeah, I certainly have days where, like I said, in the fetal position <laughs> and the world's coming to an end, you know, and then other days where I'm like, I'm superwoman, I've got this. And that is all completely normal. Yeah. yeah. So again, if your listeners are hearing this and, and you know, and you're not in a good space, that's okay. Like it's okay to not be okay. And if you're in a great space, then love it even more, you know? Yes. So there's always, there's always tomorrow. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. That is so true. And it took me years to realize that. <laughs> so yes. for everybody that's listening, you see, you're hearing it. It is okay to not be okay. Just start again tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you it. so much. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on here. I'm so excited that we were able to make this work. And mm -hmm. I am so excited to see what you're going to do in the future. And I've said, I wish you all the best. Keep in touch. Oh, thank you. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Oh, wait. Thank you for listening to the Truths We Hide podcast, created and founded by your host, Annette, the founder of A Wild Ride Call Life. Also, a big thank you to all of our sponsors for each and every episode that is aired. We have so much support from them and all of our listeners. You can find more information at www.awildridecalllife.com.